Welcome to the Converge 21 podcast preview series. What is Converge 21? Converge is a community of forward-looking ethics and compliance practitioners and leaders, and Converge 21 is where we gather and connect. You're invited to groundbreaking keynotes, fireside chats with CECOs from the world's most impactful companies, and practical workshops that will empower you to move the needle within your organization. The goal of Converge 21 is to explore emerging trends, topics, and tools that enable you to manage better ethics and compliance and drive value and impact to your overall company strategy. You will leave this conference with new resources, best practices, and actionable ideas that can put you and your compliance practice at the next level. Most importantly will be the engagement. You'll have the opportunity to engage virtually with compliance practitioners literally across the globe. This is one of the top compliance events annually and Converge 20 was a great success. I hope you will join me in attending Converge 21. We'll link to the registration and information in the show notes to this podcast. In this episode, I visit with Conversant by One Trust Chief Strategy Officer Philip Winterburn on his panel on digital ethics, AI privacy, and more. We also discuss the upcoming Trust Week. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for uh, another episode in our preview of Converge 21. Today, I have with me Philip Winterburn. Philip is the Chief Strategy Officer for Conversant by One Trust, and we're going to talk about Philip's uh, presentation or uh, the panel he will be a part of entitled Digital Ethics, Privacy, and More. Philip, first of all, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. It's always good to chat. Looking forward to it. So, Philip, uh, this uh, is one of the most interesting areas in compliance. I know it's been a topic that you've been interested in for quite some time. Uh, where do you hope to take uh, this panel or this discussion? Yeah, so my, my hopes of this conversation is to really take it back to the fundamentals that we can work on today. Because people, when they start talking about artificial intelligence, often get lost in the conversations of the sort of the singularity as people talk about when machines will be smarter than human beings and all that sort of stuff. Um, But there are some immediate problems that we can talk about today that really need to get addressed. And you see this in a variety of areas. Um, So I'll start with uh, data privacy is one key area for obviously everybody. And particularly for us but as you see um, machines and software gathering more and more data about us and knowing effectively more about us than we almost know ourselves by monitoring our usage of the web um, our usage of some of the applications like facebook that people use and having generating from that phenomenal insights and predictive analysis from that using artificial intelligence um, so that is a serious concern and making sure that we really control that and, and change this current mindset that has been created over several years um, where we give up our own agency, our own privacy in exchange for free use of software. But it was never framed as that. And we just got in the habit of signing over all these rights and all these insights into, into ourselves and into our lives Um, to use this software that was allegedly free, where in fact it's coming at a massive cost. And uh, I think we need to take control of that. And organizations that are producing software obviously need to be very aware 
of how they're doing that. But then within that comes the next step, which is the manipulation that can come from that. How can we then drive behavior? So um, organizations are using the insights they have around individuals to then drive and change behavior of those individuals. And so making sure that we understand what those are, which gets to the, the, the sort of the crux of this, which is the transparency within artificial intelligence. How do we ensure that we understand the logic and the decision within artificial intelligence of, of how it's making its decisions, how it's choosing the approach it's taking, um, so that we can determine if there is ultimately bias in there, because we've heard many stories of, of how bias has been programmatized and automated within artificial intelligence. And so these, I want, I'm looking forward to having that conversation going through that thread of the layers of challenge and how we as ethics and compliance professionals have a responsibility to get into the middle of these conversations and start to get the controls in place to help manage them. Philip, do you still see the uh, most basic conversation I hear, which is the human element in artificial intelligence, that I believe you're always going to have to have the human element? Do you think we've finally uh, convinced people that this is not going to replace them and that the human element will always be necessary? Or do you find that we still have to have what I think is that most basic conversation around this topic? I think um, to say will ever is, is always difficult, right? When If you take time away. But if you look at the near-term horizon for us, let's talk about the next five, 10 years. Um, I think artificial intelligence is going to change how we do things significantly. Um, but I don't think it's going to replace us um, that quickly. There are, it will free us up from routine um, work. It will add incredible value into uh, some of the, as it moves away from just automation and into the thinking side of things, the analysis and analytics, it will be a massive additional benefit to um, sort of the, the the thinking roles. So doctors, for instance, doing analysis. Um, artificial intelligence will be able to supplement, but I think at the end of the day, you will always have that doctor who's using those findings to reconfirm and, and analyze them in the next five to 10 years. I don't think we're gonna see it anything go beyond that. Philip, we've had uh, artificial intelligence in a wide variety of areas that I'm just gonna uh, tick off a couple. Uh, auto, auto driving cars, facial recognition software, and compliance and ethics. And in each one of those, we've not been able to fully program yet uh, to uh, uh, take into account all of the variables, all of the human elements, all of the ways humans may act differently uh, in response to certain stimuli. And uh, I'm concerned about uh, potentially in the compliance and ethics space if a CCO or compliance function is charged with institutional justice and institutional fairness within a company, uh, would artificial intelligence uh, challenge that role and perhaps take that away from the compliance function? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's. It's it's fascinating when we look at the the standards that we're requiring of artificial intelligence in some cases are actually higher than the standards we require of human beings. So when, when you look at um, car automation, for example, we are really striving towards the perfect car that will not cause accidents. 
or not be involved in accidents or not hit uh, pass, uh, people or protect the passengers, all those things. And yet we can't secure that level of protection with, with a human driver. Right? Humans are fallible. And so there's a balancing act there. But I know in terms of the compliance professional and ensuring, if I understood your question correctly, ensuring organizational justice within a company, I think artificial intelligence will create a lot of insights for you. But I think the compliance professional will always have to be involved. Uh, you seem to be saying something that I've felt for quite some time, that artificial intelligence is a tool. And it may be faster, it may be better, it may be more efficient, but at the end of the day, it's a tool. And you specifically use the doctor's uh, 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 scenario where they might take into account an artificial intelligence recommendation or even uh, diagnosis. Nevertheless, they're still going to overlay their own experience uh, on top of that, ba also based upon either a telemedicine or an in-person examination of a patient so that a number of variables are considered. Would that be a fair assessment or if I put words in your mouth? Um, you, you have, I think it's a fair assessment. So no, I absolutely agree. I think in for the foreseeable future, so if we talk about five to 10 year, 10 year horizon, absolutely, I think it's a tool. Um, the risk is like with all tools, that people become overly reliant on them and stop doing their own thinking and their own analysis. So there is always a risk that people will adopt a tool and become subservient to it and just accept what the tool gives them. Um, and so I think there's a, there's a strong pressure on us to ensure that as we adopt these tools, we have the right protocols around them to ensure we are doing the right level of due diligence to assess their whatever information they're giving us, however they're being used. Well, it sounds like to me you're going to have a, a lot of topics to cover. Uh, you may not be able to do it in an hour, but I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, to hearing your panel on this topic. But I wanted to uh, change the focus a little bit to ask about not simply Converge 21, but One Trust Week or Trust Week, I should say. And how does Converge uh, kind of fit in this year? It's the first time it's been a part of Trust Week. Could you speak to that maybe broader topic for a few moments? Yeah, I think this is going to be very exciting um, because we are doing Converge in conjunction with Trust Week. And so this opens up the opportunity for people who are attending Converge to actually follow on that and, and, and attend some of the Trust Week sessions. And Trust Week broadens now the, the scope of the conversation into areas such as ESG, which I'm super passionate about and obviously I believe is very much uh, tightly tied to the ethics and compliance world as we start looking at you know, resilient organizations and the sustainability and social implications of companies that are striving for high ESG ratings, um, along with broader GRC, data governance, privacy, and uh, third-party risk and, and vendor management. So there's a very broad spectrum of offerings now that OneTrust brings to the table that we're a part of, and they're all being covered in the Trust Week uh, conversation that follows Converge. So I'm excited to see our uh, participants and, and community members who come into Converge to have the opportunity now to be part of a, a broader conversation um, as they go into Trust Week. Well, I'm certainly excited to, to hear and be a part of that broader conversation. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, and support as much as I can your passion around ESG. I think that's something that uh, every compliance practitioner needs to be uh, fully uh, invested in, whether as a 
in-house corporation or a consultant or others. So I look forward to, to being a part of Trust Week this year. Philip, we're going to link to the registration in the show notes, uh, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me about Converge 21. All right. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate it. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join Philip and myself at Converge 21. We're going to link to the registration and information in the show notes. It is one of the top compliance and ethics events annually, and I know you will get a lot out of it.